News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekolder, the Louisville Real Estate Show with our first official show of 2024. Thank you for joining us and with us some great folks. We have Cora Henderson, who is over at Pitt and Frank Attorneys. They do a great job of getting your loan closed, and I would highly recommend you reaching out to Cora. And Pitt and Frank, you can reach them at 895-9900. You can pick the closing attorney you want to close your loan when you're buying a home. And I highly recommend Pitt and Frank Attorneys, LLC. And then we've also got Brad Lawler, who's owner of Home Team Inspection Service and Team Bugout. Home Team does a great job. They come in as a team. They do a great job getting your home looked at from top to bottom and with a beautiful, polished, printed, easy-to-understand report. And then they're also located. They work out of Frankfurt and Lexington. And additionally, Brad has opened Team Bugout, which is a great place if you're needing of a exterminator. They do a great job. I've got them working at my house, and they do a great job. Uh, reach out to Brad and Home Team and Team Bugout, 844-411-TEAM. And if you are thinking of selling your home this year or years beyond, I would love to be able to talk to you. I know that there is a lot of folks who are waiting to potentially sell this year. Interest rates are supposedly going to be coming down starting in the next couple of months. There's going to be a lot of buyer and seller activity. We're ready to help you. I am. You can reach out to me for free, no obligation analysis, 502-376-5483, or go to bobsellslouisville.com. All right, so we're going back into our Zoom show. You can see a copy of this show, what we'll be telling you over on our YouTube channel. The easy way to get there, louisvilleanswers.com. That's louisvilleanswers.com to see a rebroadcast of the show. Let's start with Brad Lawler. LaDonna sent us this email. She owns a condo with an attached common wall in the garage, Brad. The smoke detector in the garage started beeping, so she replaced the battery, and it's still beeping. So LaDonna is wondering if the smoke detector is defective, if the battery is bad, or if the smoke detector is needed in the garage at all. And then we'll follow up with some other questions from folks with smoke detectors. Your thoughts, Brad? Well, as far as the requirement of it to be in the garage, it's a good idea, especially when it senses along a common wall. I'm sure that's a firewall, but uh, not a bad idea. Why is it beeping? That I don't know. Um, it's possible that it's also hardwired in and it has a battery backup. Uh, I don't know if it's a monitored system. Sometimes a monitored system will keep beeping uh, to indicate a trouble alert. Uh, my recommendation is she contacts her HOA and just let them know about it because it's probably just going to be a simple uh, replacement of that of that unit beyond just you know the battery replacement itself. Does she pay for it, or does the condo association pay for it at this point? Or do you know? Uh, I, I wouldn't know that. I don't know yeah. if Cora's going to take a stab on that one or not, but. Yeah, I would say if the garage is a limited common element, then that should be the condo association. However, if that's actually within her, her own unit, um, then they may ask her, of course, to cover the cost of it. Two other items I'll add, LaDonna, yeah. I have mistakenly put in the wrong type of battery in my smoke detectors, and it continued to beep, and I realized that I used the wrong battery. So maybe just double-check that. Secondly, um, I've always been told that in Jefferson County and other counties, this may exist as well. If you call your local fire department, a firefighter will come out and install that for you. So hmm. um, that might be worthwhile, you know, making a phone call there to seeing if they can be of service for you and making sure that that installation is done correctly. Can a battery be turned put in the wrong way, even though of it course. fits? Yes. Yes, they it, can. Will that damage the unit, or is it just going to? Well, work? it won't. 
no, it won't damage the unit, just won't work. Yeah, if they if the batteries are put in backwards, and yeah. some of these, it's not possible to do that. And I, it, depending on the type of mm -hmm. uh, smoke detector, it's not possible to put them in backwards. Keep in mind, too, that with the 10-year uh, uh, smoke detectors we have now, they're not replaceable batteries anyway. True. Uh, and no, the electric an with older... a, yeah, or this is electric with a battery backup. And right. if it if it's yeah. still beeping, either so the battery is bad or mm -hmm. the smoke detector has gone bad or it's in, improperly, the battery is. Right. Should there be, from another one of our listeners, should there be a smoke detector in every bedroom from your mind? Well, from a safety standpoint, it's a, it's, it's a great idea. Uh, I don't know of a requirement for that. I mean, certainly they need to be placed within the sleeping areas. Mm -hmm. uh, we see a lot of homes that actually have a detector in each bedroom. I think it's a really good idea. Uh, but I think that's more of an extra, extra measure of safety versus a requirement. Okay. Good. That's good information for a lot of our folks who are listening. In Jefferson County, it's the only county in our area that requires a smoke detector within the area of, yes, I see two hands. Yeah. Except Bullock County just came out and passed theirs. That's right. Yeah. They now, is that effective as it of is. the beginning of this yes. year? Yeah. Okay. So good. Five months so, ago. Okay. So that's, so anybody, and again, it's the same as Jefferson. So sellers are responsible and correct me if I'm wrong. It's, when you have a contract, you get a contract until it closes is when you want to put in the 10-year non-removable, correct? Otherwise, if yes. it's electric with a battery backup, you're good. So, yeah, don't buy the smoke detector in anticipation of selling or once you list it, folks. You want to wait until you've got a contract and until the closing somewhere in that time period. I see everybody shaking their head. So, yes, again, go to LouisvilleAnswers.com. We want to see everybody shaking their head. If you want to see people talking about our Sekolar team and getting your home sold, go to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com, LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. Back over to Cora, over at Pitt & Frank. George, closing on the sale of his home here in Louisville on the 19th of this month. His agent just received an unusual request from the buyer's agent asking that George and his wife sign the disclosure on the condition of the house after they closed, indicating nothing has changed since the disclosure was filled out when the home originally was listed. So the, the buyers are apparently from Southern Indiana, from what this email says. And if I'm not mistaken, Corey, you and I both know, as I'm licensed in Southern Indiana, that that's a process that occurs in Southern Indiana and Indiana, but not in Louisville, right? Correct. Yeah. So this is this kind of an unusual request for a Louisville it buyer? Is, yeah. It is unusual. Um, however, you know, duty would dictate that in the event there were any changes, that they reissue that seller's disclosure during the course of that transaction with those updates, that they provide notice of same in, in Luba uh, or I guess in um and the updated seller's disclosure to the buyer. Yeah. So it's it's not simply, hey, at the time of listing or the time we showed the property, here's a seller's disclosure, and you have your inspection, and up until closing, I don't have to disclose anything further. If anything were to happen, you have to revise that and provide it. So if nothing happened, you having to sign it and uh, just saying that nothing happened, and they're just updating their paperwork as a course of that, I suppose it wouldn't hurt anything. However, is it necessary? Is it legally required? No, it's not. Mm. So, you know, I don't know that I would sign anything that's not required unless you just really didn't want to upset the apple cart and, and they were kind of pushing back. I don't know necessarily the harm so long as there wasn't anything. But again, being that it's not legally required, I probably wouldn't sign anything here in Kentucky if I knew nothing had changed. Your duty's there. If you didn't have to update it, that should be good enough. Shouldn't or do you think that not signing it could indicate to the buyer that maybe something is wrong. I mean, are we are we setting ourselves up for a potential failure for George 
uh, if he doesn't sign it, you think it's going to go forward anyway? Huh? In my opinion, I don't I don't believe so. Okay. Uh, so if they're threatening not closing as a result of, you know, an exchange of these signatures, again, it not being legally required, I don't see how there could be any legs to that argument. Uh -huh. um, moreover, that uh, representation that's made in that seller's disclosure, that's going to survive closing. So in the event there were a misrepresentation claim, that is still a viable claim that the buyer can move forward with post-closing if there was, you know, something that they knew or should have known about on that seller's disclosure and it wasn't disclosed. So them declining to sign something saying it hasn't changed um, doesn't change the buyer's position that they may or may not still have an argument post-closing if something uh, was not properly disclosed. Does that make so sense? It does. And maybe the agent for the buyer needs to explain that to the buyer. Absolutely. Or that, certainly they can ask their closing hmm. attorney. That's what we're here for at the closing table is to answer questions, last minute issues that come up, mm -hmm. uh, in addition to going over all of the closing paperwork, the loan paperwork, et cetera. Got it. Back over to Brad Lawler, Home Team Inspection Service. Jack plans on buying a home this year. He emailed us asking, once the home is inspected, this is a really good question, Jack, and the repairs are made and he's got receipts, do you suggest that the home inspector who inspected the home originally come back to reinspect that the repairs were made correctly. Brad Luller. Well, we do a lot of reinspections for those type of, uh, of those situations. I think the biggest thing that I would say is if they, it really has to do with the level of repair that had to be made. You know, if it's a, if it's a simply a GFCI that was replaced by an electrician, I think, you know, uh, the, the common sense would dictate whether or not the thing is working by hitting the test button. Mm -hmm. But if it's structural in nature, if it's, if it's plumbing, if it's, if maybe if it's a roof, it's something that a repair was made. Um, a lot of times it probably does uh, necessitate another uh, inspection by the home inspector. Now, that being said, a lot of these, you know, a, if it's a full roof replacement, I don't think a, you know, home inspector needs to come out. But I do think that if it's an area that's inaccessible, that it's difficult to tell whether the contractor was able to complete the work, then yes, you got a lot of paperwork that would, that would say, hey, here's what I did. But the question is, is who's going to go in and double check that contractor's work? And that's really where the reinspection probably makes sense. The other things, we've had some situations where we've been called in as the inspector just because the buyer and seller weren't in agreement as to whether or not the repair was made appropriately and they they've had us come back in to you know examine and just say you know yay or nay um it was fixed just as it gives we have no interest in the property so uh just out of curiosity is there a reinspection fee uh um i would imagine that all home inspectors are charging a fee to go back out and do that inspection yes a range the ranges are going to vary depending on how much time is involved. I would say, you know, I I would I know we've gone out for free on some things. Just you know, just take take a quick peek. We're in the neighborhood, no big deal. But I would say uh, commonly you're probably talking a hundred, two hundred dollars. But sometimes they get into even you know more extensive uh, inspections where it's nearly you know a, a full house inspection again. Uh, so it really depends. I think most of us are probably pricing this out based on the time that it's going to take and and the type of report that's going to be uh, required. Yes, Cara Henderson. 
And Bob, I would also like to add that um, it's good food for thought to contractually reserve that time for the reinspection during the course of the repair uh, request negotiations, because absent something, you know, in your contract allowing for that reinspection, at best, you could just bring them to your final walkthrough uh, whenever you're conducting it. But asking the seller or requiring the seller for that reinspection, they don't have to let you in unless, again, you're bringing them on your final walkthrough or you've already negotiated that. So all of that's food for thought as you plan through the repair request with your real estate professional. Got it. So remember the response, there's a specific number of days and then one counter to the response. But after that, the repairs need to typically be done. What do we say? Three days or two days before closing with receipts provided, right? Yeah. Yeah. Corey gives me the thumbs up. If you want to see Corey giving, <laughs> Corey giving us the thumbs up, you can go to LouisvilleAnswers.com. That's LouisvilleAnswers.com. And if you'd like to see what people say about our Socolor team as agents, sellers and buyer agents, go to LouisvilleZillow.com or LouisvilleGoogle.com. All right, we back, go back over now to Cora. Another question, uh, Autumn sent us this email with a difficult problem. Her mom passed away two months ago without a will. I can't stress enough, folks, the will is so important. It really is. There's still a mortgage on the house, and Autumn is having problems paying the mortgage, and she wants to know to if she wants to sell the house, but she's being told that she can't sell the house because there's no will. So, she needs to sell because she can't make the payments. There's no will. She's being told she can't basically sell it until, I guess, it goes through probate. So what does she do not to, to lose her home and her mom's equity that she had already acquired in the home? Cora, any suggestions? Sure. Well, Autumn, um, condolences to you and your family during this difficult time in light of your loss. And there are moves that you can make. There's actions that you can take. And I think, you know, acting on them sooner rather than later, especially in the event you're unable to make those mortgage payments for your um, mother's existing mortgage, you don't want to become in pre-foreclosure for them to ultimately foreclose on that property, um, just further eroding any type of equity that you may be eligible to retain as a beneficiary. So anytime you die intestate in the state of Kentucky and have role property um, intestate means you die without a will. Um, there's certainly opportunities for you to sell that real property. The best way to get started is um, to go to the probate court in the county in which the real property is located. Um, and there are wonderful resources like Jefferson County, for instance. Um, you can certainly retain an estate attorney to help walk you through this as well. But you know, if, if you can't afford one, um, certainly go down to probate court, but you can open up an estate, open probate um, for your mother. And even if it's just the home that you need to sell. Maybe she didn't have anything else. Um, once you open that up and become appointed or someone becomes appointed to act on behalf of your mother's estate, um, they would likely be called the administrator or administratrix. And that person, having been duly appointed by the judge in the court, would then seek what's called an order of sale. Okay. So that's probably going to be the likely way that you're going to sell the real property. There's some other opportunities, but I don't want to get too much down in the weeds. I want mm -hmm. you to focus on the fact that there are options um, to consider those options sooner rather than later, uh, just given the nature of the mortgage, the impending mortgage and the payments that are due, and to engage your real estate professionals. A good attorney like the Bob Sokol, uh, a good attorney and the Bob Sokoler team, mm -hmm. a real estate professional working together um, can help you move that property quickly and in a manner in which that is going to be legal and insurable for any potential purchaser. That's a very thorough answer. Thank you, Cora. Very good You're on welcome. that. Yep. And uh, just a reminder, when we come back from this break, our predictions for 2024. And by the way, Cor and Brett, if you want to get in on this as well, we'll do, we'll go pretty quick, but predictions for real estate in 2024 coming up again. 
staying with us. Cora Henderson over at Pitt and Frank LLC. You can reach them at 895-9900. Brad Lawler, Home Team Inspection Service and Team Bugout, 844-411-TEAM. And if you're thinking of selling or buying this year or beyond, feel free to reach out, call me for a free, no obligation estimate and talk, 502-376-5483, or go to BobSellsLouisville.com. Back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. Hi, I'm Brad Lawler with Home Team Inspection Service, the area's largest home inspection company. Our teams of dedicated professionals, including many veterans, inspect thousands of homes in Louisville and Southern Indiana each year. And team makes all the difference. Extra sets of eyes and overlapping duties means a more thorough inspection and better value for you. Multiple teams mean we are able to inspect your home when you need it. Radon testing, home inspection, termite reports, one call does it all. Get the team, get home team. Pitt and Frank has been serving your community for over 30 years in real estate closings and our title professionals educate the real estate industry both locally and throughout the state. Tell your loan officer and realtor to close with Pitt and Frank where we pride ourselves on being your trusted real estate closing expert. Pitt and Frank, signed, sealed and delivered at 502-895-9900. That's 502 502- 895-9900. Are you thinking of selling your home next year or in the years beyond? Wondering how to maximize your profits without breaking the bank on improvements? Well, look no further. Hi everybody, I'm Bob Sekolder, proud owner of the Sekolder team at Remax Properties East. If you have questions about the value of your home and want to get the most money for it with minimal upgrades, I'm here to help. Call now at 502-376-5483 to schedule a free, no-obligation, in-person meeting. That's 502-376-5483 or go to bobsellslouisville.com. In today's real estate market, you want someone you can trust in the driver's seat. In Louisville, that's Bob and Greg Sokola. Bob and son Greg have helped thousands of families just like yours turn challenges into solutions. They can give you a guaranteed sale of a custom marketing system to get your home sold on your timeline and for the most money, and they have an instant cash offer program. You deserve the best there is. Bob and Greg, go to WeSellLouisville.com. You'll be glad you did. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sekoler, the Louisville Real Estate Show, here with you till the top of the hour. Thank you for staying with us, folks. First show of 2024. Continuing with us, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service and Team Bug Out. You can bring in your home inspection. Hopefully you do. You can reach out to Brad for his group, 844-411-TEAM. You can also pick the closing attorney that you want, Cora Henderson, Pitt & Frank, LLC. Great folks. They do a great job getting you closed. Her phone number is 895-9900. And if you're thinking of selling your home now or in the future, looking to buy, I have a team, and for selling, I am out there to help you in person. You can call me 376-5483 or go to bobsellslouisville.com. All right, predictions. Here we are, beginning of 2024. Here are some predictions. Feel free, you guys, to do whatever you want in terms of jumping in on this and uh, seeing what your thoughts are. As for home prices, here in the Louisville and southern Indiana area, I believe, personally, a 1% to 3% increase. I don't see it falling backwards, though. You never know. Crystal Bowl isn't working today, but 1% to 3% increase in some areas. Some key hot areas may go a little higher. Mortgage rates, we've heard a lot of information about rates dropping three to six times over the next year, probably, again, starting in March or April. But we should see rates starting to come down. 
as as interest rates come down, more sellers will be putting their homes on the market. Uh, and then also buyers will be jumping out to buy those homes. And home buyers will find more homes because of that, which is all good news. It won't happen in a day, but it will happen by the hopefully the mid to late part of this year. Those are some of the predictions. Do either of you? Oh, by the way, apartment rents guaranteed almost climb in 2024. How about you guys? Anything you want to add to that? Did I miss anything? No, I agree with everything you said. I, I mean, we we are feeling bullish enough on the market that we've hired two more uh, inspectors for our team uh, going into 2024. They've been going through training for about the last 90 days. So you said hired. I thought you said fired for a second. You hired, hired, hired. Okay, got additional. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, so we feel good about 24. Yeah. yeah. Car, anything on your end? I would uh, echo everything that you just said. I think that there is so much pent up demand, especially yeah. for first time home buyers, people that have to move. There's always going to be those, um, I call them the five D's of real estate that precipitate real estate moves, divorce, death, um, different location, diapers. Um, and I missed one. I'll have to think of that one later that I missed. But yeah. um, but nonetheless, there are so many of these life changes that, you know, are are just inevitable. You've got to find a place to live. And I think that um for our new uh first-time home buyers, it's been really difficult. And so now that we have these rates starting to come down, we've seen a little glimmer of hope. Their projections are gonna come down even further, but I think there's still gonna be a massive lack of inventory. So I would just encourage people to engage with a real estate professional, watch the market, and if you find the home of your dreams. Make it happen because even if you're waiting and the rates come down even further and you find a house, it may be back in a situation where it's going to be extremely competitive um, and you're not going to be able to get the terms that you want. Uh, and and it'll be much like right after kind of that uh, big COVID area. It's going to be hard to navigate, especially for first time homebuyers. So I would not wait. I would encourage them to get a jump on it um, and just be one of the ones out of the gate to uh, find the home of their dreams. Also, I'm really watching this new legislation that was proposed um, to take Wall Street out of the housing market. I hmm. think that that it, it's called the End Hedge Fund Control of, uh, of American Homes Act of 2023. And so we'll see this bill was introduced into the House and the Senate, but essentially it would prevent hedge funds from owning single family homes in the United States. Now, who knows if it'll ever end up passing? Um, but I'm very curious as to that as we have seen uh, over the last year or two, a lot of investors enter mm -hmm. the market. And again, them um, being competition, being players uh, against, you know, some other first time home buyers or regular buyers, if you will, in the market. So that would be one to watch because taking out that element might make it even more affordable and a little less competitive, which we could stand. I think that new construction, it would be a really hot area. Anybody listening that wants to get into new construction, we have so much lack of inventory. And I know right now it's it's hard to find the land to do it, um, but we have such a great need. I mean, look at Norton Commons. They are flying off the shelves mm -hmm. despite the price point, despite what you think of, you know, if that's your kind of community or not. I mean, it people love it. We do so many closings uh, for Norton Commons. It's extremely popular, that new development. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of other um, uh, promising legislation, both state and uh, national. Um, so I think it's going to be an exciting year for real estate. I think there's a lot of unknowns just in any type of election year, but I think we're going to have a good year in, in real estate. I'm excited, Bob. Very good. We go back over to Brad Lawler, Home Team Inspection. So Brad, Tanya is planning on her first home this year and anticipates the need to hire a home inspector. Her parents have given her a couple of questions to ask prospective home inspectors, and she's wondering if you personally could answer these on the air, but also add questions you think that are important for a buyer to ask a home inspector. So this really is great for anybody who's thinking about buying a home this year or beyond. Here's some questions that you want to ask a home inspector, and Brad, if you'll answer them and then add more if you want. 
The first one she was told by her parents is to ask the home inspector, what are your credentials? And again, remind we have about four well, minutes left in the show, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, so credentials in the state of Kentucky and state of Indiana, you have to be licensed anyway. So in we are licensed states that we operate in. Other states like Michigan, where a, a license isn't required, um, that make the credentials may come into play. What they need to do is go to the professional licensing uh, boards and just check the credentials of the uh, home inspectors they're interested in. They'll see whether or not they have a valid license. Are you and other home inspectors bonded and or insured? Insured, yes, but let me talk about insurance, okay? okay. Um, I happen to also be bonded. Not all inspectors are. The biggest thing, though, you have to ask your inspector if they carry errors and omissions mm. insurance. Mm -hmm. Most inspectors don't because it's not required by the state. That's the biggest thing that they need to ask. So you can't just ask the question, are you insured? Because they'll say yes, because you have to have a general liability policy to hold a license in Kentucky. You do not have to have errors and omissions insurance, and most home inspectors do not because it's expensive. Mm -hmm. Home team does. We, and as an agent, I have, you know, insurance because it's right. required for us. All right. So how do you stay current? She is asking Tony. Yeah. So we stay current. We are required uh, by our states that we are licensed in to have a certain amount of continuing education that's done. We have to do that. Uh, we have to accumulate those hours every two years in order to renew our licenses. So again, it's a requirement of uh, working in licensed states. And do you suggest Tanya and other buyers attend the home inspection while you're doing it? I always want the buyers to be there. Um, not necessarily there for the whole thing, because it is honestly, it's very distracting for the inspectors mm -hmm. and it throws them off their group, but they want to be there. We always tell our clients to come 60 minutes after we start the inspection so that they can come in, take their final measurements, take a look around, point out things that they want to make sure are addressed, and then be there for the walkthrough. Any other questions you would add that Tanya should put in her list? No, those those are good in questions. I think the other thing that you really need to ask is check out that inspector's license. Go to the licensing page, check it out, see how long they've been licensed, ask them how many inspections they've completed. The average inspector in our area is only completing less than 150, probably closer to 100 inspections a year. My team members are completing 550 to 600 inspections per year. So there's a wide gap, even though an inspector may say, yeah, I've been in the business for three years. He may not even have completed 100 inspections yet. Got it. For many of you who would like to see, we do a lot of videos. We send them out every day and every week. We have a list you can add to see our bi-monthly videos. Go to WeSellLouisville.tv and sign up. That's WeSellLouisville.tv. TV. All right, Cora, last question for you. Clara sent us an email. Her elderly mom was notified of a mechanics lien against her mom's home. Uh, the work mentioned in the lien was never requested by Clara or her mom, nor was it ever performed. Clara goes on to say in the email that she never worked with the contractor that filed the lien. So she's wondering, and this is important, could this be a scam? And if this really is a lien legitimate, how does she get it removed? Great question. So could it be a scam? I suppose it could be. I mean, there are a lot of scams. These fraudsters, they get more and more creative each and every day. Yeah. Um, and perhaps it just got placed on the wrong property. Uh, so what I would do as far as checking out the validity of that, and if it's something that you need to get released, because that would be the answer. If it, it impacts the title of your property, um, you would want to get that cleaned up, especially if you have nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. There are a number of legal requirements that the state uh, requires in order to have a valid mechanics lien. So that's something that 
that we can help you with or any good attorney should be able to help you with, uh, real estate attorney, to see if that is a valid mechanics lien, if they meet those requirements. And certainly we could call up that lien holder and discuss it further with them as to you know, the validity of the claim if they placed it on the wrong property, if they meet those requirements or not in order to clean up that title and hopefully get that released. Interesting. Okay. So the other part of it is how do we determine if it's a scam? Because I'm thinking sure. there's well, a lot of these out there that a lot of uh, our listeners are worried about. Sure. I have not heard of this type of scam. So hopefully yeah. that's not going to be the case. But I think it starts with doing the homework. Again, ensuring to see, you know, who signed the prep stamp on that. Is an attorney that we're familiar with that usually files mechanic liens here on the property? Are they licensed to practice law in the state of Kentucky? Look them up in the LBA, uh, Louisville Bar Association, the Kentucky Bar Association, maybe even Google them to see if they're with, you know, a firm that 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 you can see a trusted website for, um, so on and so forth. And that just further kind of validates uh, or um, secures the fact that this may or may not be, but but it could be a valid a valid lien or attempt uh, to validate a lien. So then we would want to take a look if it meets those statutory requirements. You know, again, it just could have been an honest mistake. They placed it on the wrong property. If it's somebody she doesn't mm -hmm. know, and mm -hmm. if it is a scam. Mm -hmm. then, you know, I would want to work with our title insurance underwriters to see if that's something that's going to impact title. The good news is that if, in fact, it is a scam, and let's just say that it happens to meet the statutory requirements, and arguably it could be, you know, a, um, a cloud on title, mechanics liens have a very minimal statute of limitations. You're talking about, you know, a year. So if as long as they're not refining or selling, I mean, that shouldn't be something that is going to haunt them forever. But nonetheless, we would want to get that cleaned up because I wouldn't want something on my yeah. records, even if it's on the records of my home that, that shouldn't be there. Yep, you're absolutely right. So give us a call. We'd be glad to help. And that number, by the way, Cora Henderson is who you just was as we wrap up our show. Pitt and Frank LLC, you can reach Cora and the team over there at 895-9900. Brad Lawler, also thank you for being here. Home Team Inspection Service and Team Bugout. You can reach Brad and his group at 844-411-TEAM. And if you're thinking of selling or buying, you can reach me. I would be thrilled to come out and talk to you. We can even do it on the phone or by Zoom. You can reach me on my cell phone. I'll help you free, no obligation, analysis and talk. 502-376-5483 or go to bobsellslouisville.com. We are out of time. See you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAS.